0: On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between, this is Brewers Weekly. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City, here's Matt Pauly.
1: A good Thursday evening to you. Welcome into the program. It is Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. What a day to be a Brewers fan. Not only not only do they win 17-4 today over the Cubs, they just finished quite the... Uh, Shall we call it a shellacking? I think shellacking's a good word. Quite the shellacking of the Chicago Cubs over the last four days. They sweep the doubleheader a couple days ago winning uh, 4-2 and 6-3. Then they come back with a 10-0 victory yesterday, the Corbin Burns game. And then they finish it off with the 17-4 victory today as they just continue to pound the Cubs into the ground. And I don't think Brewers fans are too upset about it. Got you till 9 o'clock. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting the Acuna Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pawley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. All right, so we're going to revisit this later on, but I want to hear from you on something. And I'm asking for some honesty. I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm not going to criticize you. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to be very respectful of you. I try to be that way anyways, but I will be very overtly respectful of you if you can get at me on this i'm looking for text messages specifically or tweets so 855-616-1620 is how you text Uh, or at matt paulie on air on twitter here's what i want to hear from i want to hear from the people out there who say last week when the brewers lose two out of three to the san francisco giants that it was all doom and gloom that the sky was falling that with that bullpen and with the COVID situation and with everything going on, the Reds were going to catch the Brewers. There were people out there. I have text messages from people saying that after the game on Sunday. So I know, I know you're out there. I'm not going to be critical of you. But here's what I want to know because I think you were wrong and that's okay. I'm, I'm wrong a lot. There's nothing wrong with being wrong, but you were wrong. Um, here's what I want to hear from you. Have you changed your mind? Has what happened in the last week, and the Cubs aren't good, right? The Cubs are not a good baseball team. That is a bad baseball team that calls Wrigley Field home right now. That is about as bad of a baseball team that that is in existence right now in Major League Baseball. That is a bad baseball team. So it's not like they went out and just swept a four-game series from the Giants, from the Dodgers, from, from any of the top teams, from the White Sox. Like, they didn't do that. I understand that. But they have a hearty lead in the National League Central. An eight-game lead on August 12th. You're in good shape. You're in very good shape. Not impossible. They haven't clinched anything yet. If they just like fall into the tank, and if the Reds make an incredible run, like from a mathematical standpoint, they are not anywhere close to clinching. So it's, it's not a done deal, but they are in very good shape right now. So here's what, here's what I want to hear. We'll see if anybody responds to this. Maybe it's just going to be crickets. If you are somebody who, say, on Sunday, thought that the Brewers were in trouble after they lost two of three to the Giants. I want to hear from you if you have changed your tune. Maybe you haven't. And again, I will—I would argue that you're wrong, but I will be very respectful of you. That's thats where it's at. So if you are under that umbrella, if you're in that category of people who really felt bad about this team just not that long ago, just this past weekend after the Giants series, has what's happened the last few days as the Brewers have built their lead in the division back up to eight games have you changed your tune? Text me 855-616-1620, The Accudent Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Here's what we got coming up on the program. We'll uh, we'll dive into this Cub Series a little bit more and just everything that happened for the brewers i mean the the statisticians had steam coming out of their ears between yesterday and today with everything that took place uh and things that have not happened in a while uh the brewers are almost through this covid situation josh Hader back today eric lauer is going to be back soon still waiting on uh, jean del guscave still waiting on adrian hauser but it appears you know Knock on wood, it appears the Brewers are through the worst of it when it comes to the COVID situation. So we'll uh, discuss that and what this team has been able to do when uh, kind of navigating through some pretty rough waters. Speaking of rough waters, high water mark. what is it, 24 games over 500 now? Just remarkable what the Brewers have been able to do. I want to hear from you. Admit it if you uh, were worried about uh, what how the team was uh, doing over the weekend and thought the Reds were going to catch them. the AccuNet Mortgage Talk, at text line. How do you feel now? We're back with more in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly.
0: Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly
1: on WTMJ. A good day for the Brewers, a good last few days for the Brewers as they pick up a 17-4 to win today against the Chicago Cubs. First time they have ever swept the Cubs in a four-game series. Cost Jake Arrieta his job yesterday. He really he struggled all year, uh, but really struggled yesterday and uh, was, uh, was put on unconditional waivers. So he is no longer a member of the Cubs, and there's a lot of guys who were members of the Cubs and no longer are members of the Cubs. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Polly on air. M A T T P A U L E Y on Air. The question on the table. I want to hear from people who were worried that the brewers were going to just fall off the map. We're just going to lose everything based off the fact that they lost a couple games against the Giants this past weekend and wonder if you've changed your tune whatsoever. Let's grab a phone call. Ron is in Mayville. Hey, Ron, you're on WTMJ. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm, I'm good. Yes, uh, I will uh, absolutely admit, I love it. Thank you for the phone call. Very good. And that, you know, I got a text uh, from uh, Hugh and Sheboygan who says, I think most people were jumping ship and upset due to the way that the Brewers lost that series. They beat themselves. To me, to me, that's actually why I thought you don't lose hope. And, And I've said this a few times, but I'll repeat it one more time. You look at the two games that they lost to the Giants. It happens when you got nine million guys on the COVID list, so you've got all these relief pitchers being put into roles they've never been in, and you got that going on. Then you have the mistakes that the Brewers generally don't make. You had a Garcia dropping the ball out in right field. You had Luis Urias uh, making a throwing error, and he has made a few of those. But it was it was two things that had to like come together, had to converge for the Brewers. To lose those games to the Giants. The mistakes that were being made, plus the horrendous situation with the bullpen due to COVID. If it's only one of those things, if they're only making the mistakes, but the bullpen's fine, then they're winning those games. If the bullpen's got the COVID stuff, but they don't commit the errors, then they win the game. So it took, it took just this... This weird, perfect storm of horribleness for the Brewers to lose those games against the Giants, and that's why I would always argue that they were fine. They should have won those games, and if those exact... Same games are played again in the postseason. When the Brewers are back to full strength, they are uh, they are going to win those games. Uh, text message from Joe in Bristol said the Brewers did what a good team should do against a poor team. Win the Cubs are not a good measuring stick. I'm not even saying I'm not using the Cubs as a measuring stick. All I am saying is that. Um, you went out and you, you dominated that team and you lifted the uh, the lead in the division to eight games. Eight games is a significant lead in the division and that's where it's at right now. It doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter who you beat to get there. it gone down to five and then the Brewers went and took care of business against the Cubs while the Reds lost some games against the Braves and here it is. The Brewers are in very good shape. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the accurate mortgage talk and text line you can also tweet into the program at matt Pauly on air m-a-t-t-p-a-u-l-e-y on air we'll continue to discuss uh, the state of the brewers the one the one person who still hasn't done what you really want them to do recently is christian yelich we'll discuss in just a moment on wtmj back with more
0: brewers weekly after this it's brewers weekly on wtmj
1: We continue to broadcast live at the State Fair. Welcome back into the program. It's Brewers Weekly, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk text line. Tweet into the program as well if you'd like, at Matt Polly on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Just about everything is going right for the Brewers, except still waiting to see Christian Yelich get going. Now, to be fair, and I always try to be fair about things, uh, Yelich... Uh, did have a hit today. Actually, had a couple hits. He goes uh, two for six. Uh, got off his uh, zero for twenty the other day with a hit. Uh, but overall, the numbers are still not where you want them to be. You're waiting for. Uh, you're just waiting for something. He's not really hitting for power uh, in the since he has returned from the injured list. He is hitting one fifty eight. He has uh, four strikeouts and nineteen at bats hasn't but his on-base percentage actually that's the thing that I continue to kind of talk about it's not great but it's it, it's he's still getting on base occasionally that's the that's the thing you say about him he's finding a way to get on base it, it, the, in since he's been back it's only at .238 but you compare that to the .158 batting average and then you say okay well he's still finding a way to get on base occasionally even when he is not getting hits, so that's sort of the that's been the thing that we've said about Yelich this year. When we try to put a positive spin on what's going on with him, and it has been a struggle for him pretty much the entire year. The positive spin that we've done has been talking about his ability to uh, to get on base, and, and he he has scored forty nine runs this year. Th- those are the numbers that you look at. He's got an on base percentage overall at three seventy two. That's not bad. Let's go to Sparky and Madison, who's given us a call. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ.
2: Okay, Matt, uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I find this really interesting uh, in regards to Christian Yelich because last night I basically listened to the game. Uh, I, I watched watched it, but I basically listened because I like listening to Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer, and they took the time, his last time at bat, to talk about him. And, you know, they're, they're puzzled really why, you know, he doesn't show the power. Uh, he just doesn't hit the ball in the alleys like he did before, and they mentioned, too, about the COVID and the back issues that he's had. But, you know, last year was a wash, too. He just did not have a good year. So they were kind of throwing things out, and and they made the comment that – Ron Coomer made a comment about, you know, a lot of times when a player gets to be middle 30s, late 30s, you can start to see their demise somewhat insofar as their timing, their reactions – You know, they're not quite as quick as they once were. But, you know, Yelich, I think, is, what, 28 or 29, something like that, so that doesn't really fall into place with him. Uh, Ron Coomer made the comment, too, about, uh, you know, when he shattered his knee here back in 2019 towards the end of the year, and he was talking about, and I don't understand the dynamics of hitting off the front foot or the back foot or all this and that, but it seems like he hasn't done anything since then, and I know – We've never heard anything insofar as, well, you know, that that injury may have something to do with it or the back issue, maybe he just can't drive the ball like he did before. But, you know, they they talk very respectful of him in the sense that here's a guy that two years ago you couldn't get out, and, you know, he strikes out a lot, and uh, he just doesn't seem to be the same ball player. And Ron Coomer made the comment about, you know, he's making a lot of money. They, They kind of broke the bank to keep me in here. Uh, so, you know, maybe there's a lot of things going on, but I don't know. Do, do you think that when a player gets a, 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 a contract like he gets, that maybe there's a pressure aspect for that person because of the money that they're getting? So I, I just wanted to convey to you what I heard from those guys last night because they seem to be really puzzled too as to why he just hasn't really performed anywhere as close to his time before. So I just wanted to throw that out. To you, Matt, and see what you might say. Okay.
1: Yes, Marky, yeah, I appreciate the phone call. Um, there, there's a lot there that you just said, and I'll be—I'm—I talk about this a lot. I'm patient. I am incredibly patient when it comes to baseball, um, and I—I I don't know how to evaluate anything starting from last year, even going in to this year, because baseball is such a sport based off routine. Now. I'm not making excuses because clearly, clearly there are a lot of baseball players who have put together very good seasons playing under very much the same circumstances that Christian Yelich is playing in. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, you know what, this is all COVID-related, this is all routine-related, and everything is going to be fine. But what I will tell you is I leave the door open for something like that being the case and... I, I have no expectation the rest of the way, and I'm not trying to say this to be dismissive of Yelich's baseball ability, but I, just, I don't have any expectation of him being much more than what he is right now for the rest of this season. A guy who's not hitting for average, a guy who does a nice job getting on base, and a guy who comes up with the occasional big hit or shows a little bit of power every once in a while. That's kind of who I think he is. And if he finds his form from 2018, if he finds his form from 2019 and proves me wrong on that, groovy. Awesome. That's that's fine. We're We're good with that. But I have no reason to really expect that to happen. But I'm not willing to sit there and say, but this is who he is for the rest of his career. If, if it gets into next year and it's just a rewind of who he is this year, then I think we need to start uh, looking at it and saying, okay, maybe maybe this is for whatever reason, this is who he is now. If it's the knee thing, everybody tells us that he's 100% healthy, that there is nothing carrying over from the knee issue from a couple years ago. We know he's got the the back issue that pops up every once in a while, but he had that back issue when he was with the Marlins. The the back issue predates his time with the Brewers, so that shouldn't be anything either. The one thing that I will dismiss right away that you said Sparky is that uh, he lost an edge or something because he signs the big contract. That's not that's not the case. He is a competitor. He is incredibly frustrated by the way he has played. Uh, he is incredibly motivated to try to find a way to fix it, and it's just not happening, and it is in no way, shape, or form connected to the contract. I am very confident in saying that. I'm not confident in saying anything else because I have no clue, zero clue, but I am confident in saying that it is not connected to the money. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. Uh, you can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. I uh, got a text message regarding Yelich from the 920 saying, I don't know what to make of him, but his contract means we'll have a long time to evaluate. But credit to Stearns, he's put together a lot of good and very good pieces with redundancy. I never questioned where will JBJ fit or how many infielders do you need because we always seem to have a role to fill and counsel is the Bill Belichick of baseball Fun to watch this team when they're not striking out a dozen times a game. Redundancy is the key thing there, and it's kind of circling this back to Christian Yelich. When this team is playing postseason games later on this year, yeah, I said win. When this team is playing postseason games later on this year, to me, the outfield group that gives you the best chance to win is uh, Lorenzo Cain in center field, Avisayo Garcia in right field, and Tyrone Taylor in left field. I don't think Christian Yelich right now, and I give him credit for getting on base, but I, I think the numbers speak for themselves based off the way it is going at this very moment. And the way this roster is constructed, I don't think Christian Yelich gives you the best chance to win. The way this roster is put together, you got to continue putting him out there, especially here in the regular season. You have to give him every opportunity to find a way to find himself from 2018, 2019, and maybe everything that I just said will become moot and not even not even matter anymore because he finds it. But if who Christian Yelich is right now is who he is in the postseason. It's going to be interesting to see how the lineups are constructed on an everyday basis. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. This is Brewers Weekly.
0: More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly
1: on WTMJ. Just a remarkable last four days for the Brewers, last three days, last four games. I guess it was kind of remarkable the other day as well when the game got uh, postponed due to weather, but remarkable for very different reasons. 4-2, 6-3, 10 and 17-4. to The final scores over the course of the four games against the Cubs. Uh, luckily, we have fantastic reporters who can compile all the stats and statistics and f- figures and everything that goes along with it because there was a lot from the game today. So, uh, courtesy of Adam McCalvey who got all this information. Manny Pena and Luis Urias each homering twice today. Pena finishes with six RBIs. Urias sets a franchise record with five extra base hits. He becomes the first player in Brewers history to score five runs and drive in five runs in the same game. Jace Peterson, five hits, four RBIs. Uh, this is after a game where, uh, in, in case you weren't around for yesterday's Brewers extra innings after the Corbin Burns game and Brian Anderson of Bally Sports Wisconsin compiled all this and put it out uh, on Twitter. Uh, the the numbers from yesterday's game, the 10 straight strikeouts for Corbin Burns would set the Major League record. A career high in strikeouts for Burns yesterday with 15. Most strikeouts without a walk in Brewers history, 15-0. and zero. He got 30 swings and misses yesterday. It was the first time the Cubs had ever had an opposing pitcher have 15 strikeouts and no walks in a game against them. Yesterday was the biggest shutout win uh, against the Cubs in Brewers franchise history. And as we look at some of the overall numbers, when we start to compile everything that happened over the last four days. So now the Brewers are 13-3 and against the Cubs this year. They have won all five series, so they They've got uh, one more three-game set to go. That's going to be taking place at American Family Field from September 17th to 19th. By the way, I declare, I declare, Brewers fans, you are safe. You are safe to attend Brewers-Cubs games at American Family Field September 17th, 18th, and 19th. No longer do you need to worry about all the Cubs fans showing up and being annoying and just the way that is. And I I know that turns off a lot of Brewers fans and they avoid those games. I, I promise you, I declare that those Cubs fans all of a sudden, you know what, they're probably White Sox fans now. They're probably uh, they're probably just rooting for another team. They are not they are not going to be at American Family Field September seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Get your tickets now. Uh, If the Brewers are able to avoid a Cubs sweep next month, they would break the franchise record for victories against the Cubs in a season. They were thirteen and four in twenty twelve. They were thirteen and six in twenty thirteen. Again, this is all courtesy of Adam McAlvey. The Brewers have won nine in a row between these clubs. This is the longest single-season winning streak for a Milwaukee Major League team. We're talking Braves or Brewers against the Cubs. The Milwaukee Braves won as many as six in a row over the Cubs in the season, and the Brewers have previously won eight in a row. That happened in 2012, but never nine before this year. In the series, the Brewers outscored the Cubs by 28 runs. 37-9 was the final score of the four games. And during the nine-game winning streak, they've outscored them by 54, 78-24. to And the Brewers now lead the all-time series against the Cubs, 198-197. to Those are some fun numbers. Those are some fun numbers for Brewers fan. There is a lot to try to kind of go through based off what happened yesterday and what happened today. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. Live at the State Fair, this is Brewers Weekly.
0: More Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ.
1: So I always get worried when, and this doesn't have to be Brewers specific, any team that I want to see you do well, it always worries me when they go play a team that is on a long losing streak. Like I remember earlier this year the Diamondbacks were on that incredible losing streak and then the Brewers go play them I knew I knew the Brewers were going to lose a game I the do theory says that a team is due to win a game at some point in time I think teams that are just on these long losing streaks they, they scare me for some reason so enter what's going to be happening uh, over the next few days as the Brewers get ready to uh, open up a series against a Pittsburgh Pirates team that they've had a fair amount of success against they they swept them in Pittsburgh and they had the recent series where they would have swept them, I think, if not for the uh, COVID issues, and we'll discuss that a little bit more coming up in uh, just a moment, because I think the Brewers have done a really nice job uh, fighting through these COVID issues, but now they take on a Pittsburgh Pirates team. If you haven't been paying attention, the Pirates are once again completely in the tank. They have lost eight games in a row. They are 1-9 and in, in their last ten. And uh, are, Can the Brewers sweep the Pirates? Can the Brewers keep that losing streak going, or do the Brewers uh, end up losing a game against the pirate they they probably end up losing a game because it's against the Pirates because that's how it always works out you face a team that's on a long losing streak and they find a way to win uh, pitching matchup in the first game going to be Brett Anderson uh, for the Brewers and when you look at the starting rotation right now, because they've and Eric Lauer is going to be back off the COVID list very soon. He is expected to join the team in Pittsburgh. Sounds like it's going to be a little bit longer for uh, Adrian Hauser, but the starting rotation is starting to come back together. Um, Aaron Ashby and there's been a lot of talk about why he didn't get to stick around. He's still with the team, so Ashby made the start the other day, and then on paper. He got moved to Triple-A Nashville, but what happens on paper isn't always what happens in real life. He stayed with the team on the taxi squad and he came up. That was a doubleheader if you remember. He came up as the 27th man. I'm not 100% sure on this, but when you bring somebody up as the uh, as the 27th man, I think when your roster goes back to 26, I I, I think you have to take him, that per player, back. I think when they're, when they're active as the 27th player, they have to be returned when it goes to twenty six. So the fact that they're keeping Ashby around, and he's on the taxi squad, and he's with the team, and he's in the clubhouse, and he's traveling, that would indicate to me that uh, we are going to see him uh, starting more games for the Brewers, or at the very least going in the bullpen and being a bullpen pitcher. To me, it makes more sense to have him as a starter. Now, at some point, the numbers don't all add up because you're not taking Eric Lauer out of the rotation. You're not taking Adrian Hauser out of the rotation. You're not taking Brett Anderson out of the rotation. You're not taking those top three guys out of the rotation. You're, they've, they've gone to a standard five-day rotation here over the last couple days. It worked well yesterday for Burns. Today, Brandon Woodruff only goes a few innings. I would assume that they'd probably want to go back to the six-day rotation. Uh, and if they go to a five-man at some point, uh, they would maybe do it right before the postseason just to make sure that those guys' arms are, are ready to go for, for postseason if they feel like that's important. I actually don't think that's important. I don't I don't think there's going to be uh, I think they'll be fine if, if they're going six days and, and kind of roll into the postseason that way. But they've got more starting pitchers than spots available and that's okay that's and as i always say those kind of problems certainly do tend to uh, work themselves out uh, but it was it was fun it was fun to see ashby pitch well it was only for a couple innings but he's somebody that the team is uh is really high on and rightfully so um, and I would expect him to be part of this team in some form or fashion. At least at times this year, I can't sit here and guarantee that he's going to be on the major league roster a lot. But uh, as things happen, and they've still got, they've still got some stuff to figure out. We we, we haven't even touched the surface on the fact that you know, Travis Shaw can now his his stint on the sixty day injured list has come to an end in the sense that you go on the 60-day list, you have to be out for at least 60 days. It is now past these 60 days. He's continuing on the rehab assignment at at AAA, uh, but there is no indication on when they may do something with him. Sounds like he's pretty healthy, and they're just kind of playing it out. There is a finite amount of time that you are allowed to have a guy on a rehab assignment, so the Brewers will be forced to make a decision on Travis Shaw at some point. Same thing with Daniel Vogelback. He's continuing to play at AAA Nashville on the rehab assignment. Assignment. It appears that he is uh, pretty healthy, ready to come back at some point in time, but. There's not really a spot on the roster for them right now. And at some point, they're going to be forced to make a decision because the clock is going to expire on how long you can have somebody on a rehab assignment. Uh, but there's a, there's kind of, there's a lot of moving parts right now when it comes to the roster. The guys still need to be activated, uh, from the COVID list and all the moves that are going to go along with that. They'll probably clear up a 40 man roster spot. Uh, John Curtis, uh, has the torn UCL. He went on the 10 day injured list. What, you, you do that because he was going to get a second opinion. When you've got an injury like that, you always give players the opportunity to go get a second opinion. You're not going to throw him on the 60-day injury list before he gets the opportunity to have the second opinion. So the way this whole thing plays out is Curtis goes, gets the second opinion from the doctor, assuming, and I think it's a safe assumption, assuming that uh, the second doctor sees the same thing that the first doctor saw. Well, then he's going to have to get Tommy John surgery. He's going to miss the rest of this year. He's probably going to miss uh, most of if not all of last season and once he sees that second doctor uh, he goes to the 68-day injured list and then that opens up a spot on the 40-man roster but it is David Stearns and Matt Arnold, they need an abacus at this point to keep everything put together. Uh, again, with the COVID guys, they don't count against any roster. They don't count against the 40-man, and they don't count against uh, the 26-man roster. So that's, that's good at the moment that they go on the COVID list because it gives you a ton of flexibility in just getting somebody onto the team without being forced to try to make some 40-man roster moves. But then the back end of that is when those players come back, you are forced to make some sort of 40-man roster roster move and it's just a it's a mess right now and it's going to be a mess until everything gets figured out there are there are more players than roster spots available and it's going to stay that way through september as well because the roster only expands by two it goes from 26 to 28 that's nice but it's it's not anything really it's not going to fix the problems uh that something that uh, helps a little bit doesn't help a ton 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. You can tweet into the program, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We are live at the Wisconsin State Fair. We've got more in a moment. This is Brewers Weekly.
0: Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.
1: Weekly does continue here on WTMJ as we continue to broadcast live from the WTMJ Annex Wealth Management Studios at State Fair Park. Just a couple minutes left in the program again the Brewers. They are opening up a series against the Pirates tomorrow 6.05, the scheduled first pitch tomorrow. So that means our coverage is set to begin at 5.30. Got a text message asking about Brandon Woodruff and if he was uh, okay uh, because he did have a ball get him today. He's fine. Uh, he came out after 3 3- innings he just he was really struggling through the day just his pitching he was at 74 pitches through three innings Uh, he was not overly effective to his credit he only gives up one unearned run, so he doesn't even give up an earned run today in in three innings. Uh, but it was just an opportunity to get him out of there. That That's also connected to what Corbin Burns did yesterday. That gave Craig Council really some flexibility today when it comes to the bullpen. So the Brewers jump out to a big lead. Brandon Woodruff was not especially sharp. It was a warm day in Chicago. Uh, he's pitching on you know the standard four-day rest for the first time in a while. Let him throw his 70-plus pitches and get him out of there gets a little bit of a rest and uh, the bullpen goes from there. In a way this is, I guess this isn't ha-ha funny, but it's uh, it's peculiar funny. Woodruff has gotten some of the worst run support of any pitcher in baseball. And finally, finally today, the Brewers score him runs. The Brewers score 17 runs on 22 hits today, and what happens? Woodruff only goes three innings so he still can't find a way to get the victory. So when Woodruff pitches well, the Brewers don't score runs for him and when he doesn't pitch overly well or when he can't make it through five innings the Brewers score a ton of runners uh, for him. So that's just kind of the way uh, things go. Mike in Colorado texting in says, as long as the Brewers play well, I'm not worrying about them going into Pittsburgh. Against San Francisco they made some critical mental errors. That was worrisome, uh, getting Beat by a team is one thing, getting beat by yourself is another. Things happen. Things happen. They they they, 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 they had the two big mistakes, the two very, very large mistakes against the Giants, the Garcia catch that's not made in right field, and then that Urias Air. And but you know what, that's something to uh, your Luis Urias had a huge game today. From an offensive standpoint, what he's doing, and he had been in a bit of a funk, he is, he's really busted out of that thing. He goes five for six today, scores five runs, five RBIs, he hits two home runs, but if you saw, he, he commits an error late in the contest, and it's those throwing errors, and that's what kind of gives you pause. Because, and with Eduardo Escobar on this roster now, Urias doesn't really have a set spot. And, that's, that's okay. That may be when he's at his best, when he can play third, when he can play short, when he can play second, when he can move all over, when he can be uh, a defensive replacement, give you the opportunity to double switch, do things like that. He is a great player to have on the roster, uh, but it does, I think it is worrisome that those throwing issues are continuing to to sit there for him, because... You can just imagine, right? I'm not trying to put bad thoughts in your mind, but you can just imagine that it's a big moment in a big playoff game, and there's a ground ball to Urias, and he airmails it over to first base. That's the last thing you want. Now, to be fair, and I always try to be fair. To be fair, uh, today, if you have a more like it was not a good throw. I'm not going to tell you it was a bad throw. The air absolutely deserved uh, to to be uh, charged to Urias, but. Eduardo Escobar is still learning the first-base position, and that's easier said than done. If, uh, if it's anybody else at first base, that ball might might have been picked out. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Brewers Weekly. I will talk to you tomorrow evening for Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers and Pirates tomorrow, Brett Anderson against Mitch Keller. 6.05 first pitch, our coverage at 5.30, and I'll talk to you right after the game with another edition of Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ.
0: You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ.